Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cleared for Takeoff. I'm your host, Gavin Rice, and I want to share what I've learned in aviation, both on the job, off the job, and what I've encountered everywhere in between. Last episode, I talked about how pilots log flight time, and when I described how I input the block times, if you remember those block times of, of uh, out, off, on, and in, regarding, you know, pushing back from the gate, getting off the ground, back on the ground, and then back into the gate, uh, you know, how I put those block times into my logbook, I breezed over the term Zulu time. Now, I, I, I know this is probably common knowledge to all of the current pilot listeners out there, and, and I'm sure quite a few other people as well, but it's still not something that everyone will know about and, or really think about. So, I mean, heck, even the use of 24-hour of time, sometimes referred to as military time, is, is not heavily used by everyone at all. So, at least, uh, you know, not everyone I've been around uh, has used 24-hour time as a pilot. So, but, you know, in terms of 24-hour time, it's, in my opinion, it's just easier to use. Uh, there's less tendency to be confused between AM and PM, and it's pretty easy to calculate, you know, to add or subtract hours too. So, I mean, all of my devices, uh, in my car, my phone, my tablet, computer, I, I use 24-hour time on all of them just because I find it I find it nicer to read, and it's just a little bit less confusing. And I even got my father on board with it. He uses 24-hour uh, time too, so anytime he's talking to me or texting, he always references the time. And then, you know, it's just easier to not get confused. Uh, and once you really get used to it, I mean, for people who don't use it, it's easy enough to convert to the 12-hour time uh, for those PM hours. And so you don't even really think about the conversion because you'll kind of have them memorized. I mean, just like how in elementary school, you know, you did your multiplication tables. I mean, did you really actually calculate them? Maybe the first time you learned them, yes. But uh, after that point, you're just you're just memorizing a number sequence. And so the same applies with the clock. I mean, you'll always be able to be like, oh, yeah, 1500, that's 3 p.m. You know, 1700, it's 5 p.m. You know, you'll, you'll always be able to just do it without even actually thinking of the, the conversion. So what about Zulu time? Well, Zulu time also has another name, UTC, which uh, when translated, the acronym essentially means Coordinated Universal Time. Uh, I can't remember. I, I think it's either French or Latin that um, the actual UTC is really universal time coordinate uh, in the French or Latin version. Words of that, I'm not going to even attempt. <laughs> um, but I guess we we stuck with saying it in in that order of UTC instead of putting it, you know, the, the English way of saying, you know, coordinated universal time, which would be cut CUT. So I guess they wanted to stick with UTC. But anyway, same idea. Uh, UTC and, and Zulu, those those times are, are um, you know, they go hand in hand. And what this represents is a, a single time that we can always reference regardless of your geographical location on Earth. Now, the, the UTC time is, uh, sometimes it's also referred to Greenwich time, which is in England, so that's what represents the zero. But when you think about it, it still it has no bearing of where you are. Um, you know, wherever your location is on Earth, if you want to convert to local time, it will have a conversion factor. But in terms of flight planning, uh, you know, and weather, everything like that, it's it's all just this universal time, and you're always going to use that. And this essentially just eliminates any potential for confusion and and calculation errors when you go between time zones. So instead of it being 3 a.m. or 0300 for 24-hour time, it's now going to be 0700 Zulu, for example. And so, like I said, we use Zulu uh, or UTC for our flight planning and weather information as well. 
And what this does is it, it simplifies the task for gathering those weather reports and calculating your time en route uh, to your time of arrival because now we don't care about the time zone that you're crossing and you can just focus on those key elements to flight planning, uh, you know, such as using that simple formula of, of distance equals rate times time, you know, based on your departure time to your arrival time, you know, what is the total trip time uh, from point A to point B, from your universal time, when are you leaving to when are you arriving? Worry about the conversion to local time later. And so it just makes it a little bit easier. Uh, and in fact, our dispatch release, which gives us all of our flight plan information, it has the time that we're supposed to be blocked out, uh, and it has that in UTC time, in Zulu time. And so we will reference that, and then reference the clock on board the aircraft, which, you guessed it, it also is set to UTC. So, you know, when we're going over our, our pre-departure briefings, you know, we'll, we'll go over the release, we'll do our release briefing, and we'll say, yeah, we're due out at, uh, let's say, 1500 Zulu time, that is, you know, and then we can glance over the clock, uh, that's 25 minutes from now, you know, so it's just a quick glance instead of having to do any kind of conversions or anything like that. Our release also has the estimated time en route and the time of arrival so that we can look at the forecasted weather. Uh, again, which is going to be on the release farther down a few pages. Uh, we can use that to determine if we need an alternate airport. Uh, in, in the event that our planned desti destination prevents us from, from arriving due to inclement weather. And I mean, the, the nice thing is that the airlines, we have these amazing dispatchers who actually put this flight plan together for us, and they will make those determinations for us to see if we need an alternate or not, but we still need to go over it and just make sure that it is in fact legal, because we're all human, we make mistakes. You know, sometimes the weather uh, might not be as good as uh, the dispatcher had thought it was and they forgot to file an alternate or something. It happens. It's it's all part of you know being human. So we look over it. But it's still really awesome to have that resource. These amazing dispatchers will put all this uh, information together for us, put it in a packet so that we can focus more on operating the aircraft and getting those passengers from point A to point B safely. So it's, it's just one less step that we have to do as pilots uh, just to make the, the operational easier. But anyway, with regard to the, the weather in terms of timing, uh, one weather product we use here in the United States is called the TAF, which stands for Terminal Aerodrome Forecast. And these forecasts come out every 24 to 36 hours, usually it's uh, 24 hours, and they will present uh, any weather changes that happen every six hours. Sometimes the weather is going to be exactly the same for a whole 24-hour period, so it might just be one line of the TAF. But generally speaking, you're going to have four different lines representing those six different hour increments for the TAF. There are exceptions to that. Um, sometimes you have what's called a temporary TAF, where it's a temporary change for one slot uh, and these different amendments. But for the most part, you know, I'm not going to dive too crazy in depth with it. For the most part, most of your TAFs will have four different lines uh, representing those six different hour intervals. So let's say our arrival is set for 1400 Zulu. We would then look at the, the second body, if, if it's got the four different ones, which would be a, a 1200 hour Zulu uh, TAF line in order to determine our weather minimums. Because you know at 1200, for the next six hours, this is what it's forecast to be. And then starting at 1800, it's going to be that. But if our arrival was 1400, we're not going to use 1800 because that's the weather after our arrival. So we would use that 1200 hour Zulu uh, TAF line in order to determine you know, what the weather is for our arrival and, and if we do need an alternate or not. And without going 
too much of a side tangent about weather. I mean, it's, uh, weather topics could cover multiple episodes, and I, I definitely plan on making uh, one or two for that, uh, for some different weather topics. But for flight planning, the, the regulations say that uh, for when, when you, you plan a flight from point A to point B, you're always going to need an alternate airport in the event that you know you can't make it to your destination and the main reason is weather but there could be some other reasons as well uh, so th the legal language is and, and this is what I always told my students back when I was flight instructing is that you always need an alternate unless one hour prior until one hour after of your estimated time of arrival the weather will be at your destination the ceilings will be at least 2,000 feet or greater and that you'll ha you'll have at least three statute miles of visibility or greater and we often refer to this as the one two three or, or the three two one rule depending on how you want to say it and again that's one hour prior and one hour after you got two thousand foot ceilings three miles of visibility and if it's that or better you that is the one circumstance where you will not have to file the alternate but if not you're always going to have that alternate filed in the event that we cannot uh, get into our destination and sometimes uh, what's actually interesting is, is some of these shorter regional routes that I fly um, the alternate will actually be your original departure airport because one of the things with regarding airline operations one thing that matters too is okay you know if you end up diverting to your alternate airport what does that alternate airport have you know what are those passengers gonna do once they're there are they gonna be far away from their original destination planned uh, in some cases if it's not too long of a flight going back to the departure is honestly easier because hey guess what if that's where you departed from you've got most likely some gates you could go back to you know the operations is going to understand what's going on it's easier to deal with but if you divert to some airport in the middle of nowhere i mean on the Embraer for example if we diverted to some airport out in the middle of nowhere and there were no air stairs how do we get the passengers off the plane you know that is one thing you have to think about versus if you fly a smaller jet like a you know, a small business jet, or, or even the CRJ, which, again, it can it still carry the 76 passengers, uh, that jet sits low to the ground, and so the door, it's a, an older-style door where you actually have stairs that, that are attached to them. So there's, there's different things you have to think about when going to your alternate. And so sometimes that's just an interesting side note that you might have an alternate that is your original departure airport, and I've seen that happen a couple times. So anyway, going back to the Zulu time, you can probably identify that weather and flight planning is just so much easier if we use a standard time to create flight plans and, and to plan around weather. I mean, imagine having to calculate your departure and arrival times if you were crossing time zones. I mean, forget about it. That'd be, that'd be too much. And to add on top of that, here in the lower 48 of the United States, most states use still use that silly thing called daylight savings time. <laughs> and there are a few states that do not change the clocks either, so that can make it even more confusing based on uh, where you're going to. Uh, but for now, until Congress decides to change it, uh, we're always going to be losing an hour of sleep in the spring and gaining an hour of sleep in the fall. Uh, and, and so right now, as of this recording in May, we are in daylight savings time. So I'm, I'm normally in you know, Eastern time zone. I'm, I live in Massachusetts, that's Eastern time. And, and most of the flights that I'm operating remain within the Eastern time zone. So this time of year in May, we are in Eastern daylight time, daylight savings time, or referred to as EDT, Eastern daylight time. During the winter, it's standard time, Eastern standard time, or EST. So when you need to make a conversion to see what the local time is compared to your Zulu time, uh, you're, you're always referencing that Zulu time. So in the case of right now being an Eastern daylight time, uh, 
Zulu minus four is gonna equal EDT, or it's usually actually references into uh, what Zulu time equals. So Zulu equals EDT plus four. Uh, and so any time zone that you're in, maybe you're in Pacific Daylight Time, uh, Pacific Daylight Savings Time, you know, whatever time zone you're in, you're going to have that uh, formula to calculate compared to what Zulu is, you know, what do you have to do in order to, to compute to get to your local time. So, you know, going back and forth <laughs> with this Daylight Savings Time, it gets kind of annoying because during the winter it's it's you know eastern standard time plus five so once you finally get used to making the conversion by four then it switches to five and then you finally get used to five and it switches back to four it just gets really annoying so anyway that's so useful right to, to have it switch back every six months <laughs> but the nice thing now is that flying uh, in the airlines I, I don't actually have to do these conversions that often anymore when I was first learning how to fly, and then when I was teaching uh, students how to fly, uh, our flight lessons could happen at any time of the day. And so particularly when, when we were cross-country flight planning, we would need to calculate the Zulu times um, you know, to, to understand, that, okay, if, if our lesson is going to be at 3 p.m. today, 1500 local time, you know, what do we need to set on our flight planning to file our flight plan? What is that in Zulu time? You know, so you have to do those conversions and make sure that you've got it right. Uh, and I, I always stayed in the same time zone when um, when instructing and, and, and when I was a student, too. But, you know, there, there are some flight schools where you might be crossing time zones a lot, too. And so you, you have to even do more math. So it's you know, a little bit more thinking, a little bit more of a thought process that goes behind your flight planning. Uh, but now at the airlines, like I said, dispatch puts together these releases and they're always given in Zulu time. And the weather information is, is always presented in Zulu time as well. And so, you know, I don't really have to think of the conversion because airlines also have, you know, these applications we can see on our phone and, and you can see on the billboards in the airport terminals. Everything is always given in reference to the local time. Uh, and I've noticed for the most part, I think every, every single time I see it, um, it will have the little, uh, you know, if you're in Eastern Daylight Time, if uh, let's say you're going from like the route I just did yesterday from Boston to Memphis, uh, you know, Boston is in Eastern Daylight Time, EDT. And then if you're going to Memphis, that's in Central Time, uh, CDT, you know. So, you know, if, if you see those timestamps in the application, it's very convenient and I can just look at my phone and that way I can tell, you know, what, what the local times are. But in terms of, you know, when we have our briefings in the flight deck, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, like I said earlier, we're, we're looking at the, the timestamp. We're seeing, okay, we're supposed to be out here at this time. We look at the clock on the plane. That's in 25 minutes from now. You know, we don't have to convert any times because they're presented to us in, in Zulu times. And, I mean, it, the, having the application on your phone you know, to kind of go back and forth instead of having to think of the calculation is, is pretty nice because that does help reduce any kind of confusion that might arise. Uh, and it's just easier to look at your phone. And, and if anyone's got a question, it's it's easy enough to answer. Uh, I think I've had a couple people come up to me in the past uh, thinking they're late or just asking me, you know, about the time for the flight and, and they, they didn't uh, realize about the flight uh, or the, uh, the time change and that's okay. Um, but I think this definitely happens less frequently than it used to now that pretty much everyone has a smartphone. 
but if you do still reference a basic watch and you know that watch doesn't know it's not autonomous it, it doesn't know about the time change um, you know you, you have to account for that uh, but since I'm not changing time zones by too much uh, at least for all the routes I fly I'm only doing one time zone time zone change just by one hour so it's not that big of a deal um, but I always leave my wristwatch in Eastern time so that I can always reference essentially what time my body really thinks it is. You know, I mean, traveling across time zones can be pretty tough on the body. Again, with one hour changes, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but particularly when you start to get up to three and, and more, uh, more than three hours of a time change, uh, it can kind of mess up your circadian rhythm. So if you're able to stay on the same circadian rhythm that you have based on where you normally are at home, it's a little bit easier. So I, I always just leave my, uh, my watch, my wristwatch in, in my local time. So continuing from the last episode uh, regarding the, the block times that I would enter into my logbook, uh, and, you know, remember how I mentioned that the software, it's, it's uh, able to convert the Zulu time into local time based on the locations I input. And because of that, it can also calculate any nighttime if applicable. And, and, uh, and it's pretty neat. Um, the one thing I do have to do in my digital log, however, is sometimes if the flight is late at night, I'll put a little note that will um, tell me you know, what, what the local date is. Because let's say we depart at 10 p.m., which is 2200 local time, uh, and let's say we're in daylight uh, daylight savings time, so, so this time of year, uh, 2200 local time, if that's, let's say, on the 25th of the month, that's really 0200 Zulu on the 26th, four hours later. That's a day later, technically. Now, I, I suppose I could input the block times in local time into that digital log, but then it wouldn't be correctly referencing the uh, the times, and then uh, with regard to, you know, if, if I wanted to have uh, nighttime in there, right? So it, it it's able to compute the, the nighttime given the Zulu time you input and uh, the locations you put in the logbook. So I, I just don't want to make it more confusing. I guess I could poke around with the settings and change something around, but it's it's honestly easy enough. I just always, uh, if, if there's one of those late flights, or, or maybe even the two of them, um, that I'll always input the local date in my remarks. You know, usually I put uh, whatever the, the flight number was for the day in the note, and then I'll put in parentheses local day 25 or something. That way, because in my paper logbook, I'm always just putting the date of departure from what the local time was, and you know, I, on my logbook I could put uh, I could put the Zulu date as well because in my paper logbook it's just the hours are represented in the in the decimal format. You know, it, it doesn't matter. The, the block times are not inputted in in my paper logbook. Uh, so I, there are different ways you could do it, but that's just how I do it, where I, I keep everything in Zulu in the digital log. Uh, and then I'll put a note referencing that hey, this is local day, such and such date, in the event that it was one of those later flights where it actually the Zulu departure time was the next day. Uh, but since you know the the airline uh, departure date that is given by the airline, uh, it's what passengers show up to. It's it's what I'm there. It's the day I'm there. Uh, I like to keep it to that local date just so that it uh, it keeps things neat and in order. And that way, you know, all those log entries in my paper logbook will match the digital log in the same order that I flew them. So it just, for me, that's how it works. I don't know if other people do it differently, but that's just how I do it. So if you were wondering a little bit about Zulu time and conversions and all that jazz, there you go. It's a pretty simple concept, uh, but it can 
it could be easy to mess up when converting times. Uh, and that's why, in my opinion, I think uh, we should match like the rest of the world uh, and do away with the time changes from standard to daylight time. Uh, I, I mean, I, I get the idea behind trying to give people more daylight time during the summer hours and, and you know, vice versa during the, the winter, uh, have more daylight in the morning, but here's an idea. What if everyone shifted your summer and winter hours according to daylight so that we don't have to change our clocks all the time? Uh, and, you know, maybe what if you made school start slightly later in the day? I don't know. That's just... Uh, that's just my opinion. I know it might be a little controversial, but it's just my two cents. <laughs> but I think that would uh, that would help make things a, a little bit easier instead of instead of changing our time every six months. And then in terms of flight planning and weather, you know, if you're making those conversions, you you have to think. You have to stop and think for a sec. Wait, are we plus five, plus four? You know, what what's our conversion right now? Uh, and you know, being in East Coast time, it's always plus four or plus five. But if you're going out to a farther time zone, I mean, you're having to do much bigger calculations, and I, I find that to be way more confusing. A couple times I, I flew with a friend um, out in California, so that's Pacific time, right, which is three hours behind Eastern time. So if it's, oh boy, if it is daylight time, that is, you know, three hours behind Eastern, so that, that would be seven hours. So you, any conversions you're doing from Zulu would be a seven-hour difference. If it's standard time, it's eight hours. So, I mean, these conversions just could get out of control, uh, in my opinion. So do away with the uh, the daylight savings time. Uh, that's just my opinion. Anyway, there you have it. That pretty much wraps up this episode of Clear for Takeoff. I know it's a short one, uh, but as of this recording, I'm actually on a long 34-hour overnight stay here in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, the, the captain and I are going out here shortly and we're gonna go get some good barbecue because hey we're in memphis we should get good barbecue so i'm off but thank you so much for tuning in i'll be back next week and until then as always fly safe mm -hmm.